Cherry Pop Horror. Hello, 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 and welcome to Cherry Pop Horror, the horror movie podcast where it's always someone's first time. I'm Jacob, and in this show we tackle all things horror, be they your classic slashes, gore fests, monster flicks, kids horror, animated, basically, if it's got enough horror themes to it, we'll give it a watch. If you've seen the movie before, just sit back and relax. If not, don't worry. We're going to be running through the plot, talking about what we liked, what we didn't like, and just generally having a good laugh. If you'd like to get in on the discussion, send us an email, cherrypophorror at gmail.com. That's all one word. All right, here we go. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate up here. Keep away from me. Stay where you are. Granny, please, stop. Dad? Stop, don't. Keep away from me. Dad? Keep away from me. Keep away from me. Joy. I are the more evolved. Sink into the floor. Wait, 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 wait. Sink. Not that long ago, my partner and I went to Napier to visit his family. He showed me the sights, like you'd expect. We drove to the peak of the highest hill and gazed out at the splendour. His hometown was only small, not much there, but it was tranquil, it was serene, and had a hell of a lot of bookstores. What this town did have, besides the hill with a wonderful view, the bookshops to browse through and a great place to get sushi, was an aquarium. I honestly couldn't remember the last time I'd been to one, possibly just before I moved to New Zealand most likely, so I was 16, 17 at the time, maybe? I forgot how peaceful it was to walk among the fishes as they go about their business, the penguins as they dart in and out of the waters, the great sea turtle floating back and forth with a gliding elegance. I had a great time, and can't wait to go back for another visit. Something that wasn't filled with the peace and elegance of the ocean was today's film. Hello, cat, and welcome back to Cherry Pop Horror. What's your favorite aquatic mammal? Uh, thanks for having me back. Um, mine would probably be otters. I just like them. They're the cats of the sea. That's so cute. Yeah, I love otters as well. And the fact that they, like, hold hands as well. Oh, stop. They're so cute. They're so cute. They hold hands so they don't lose each other. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's adorable. And they're just so cheeky. I yeah. Them. I could just watch them, like, all day. Apparently they're pretty vicious, though. That's the thing. I was like, I'd love to, like, cuddle one, but I feel like it would just... It's like koalas. I hear that about koalas as well. Like, you're like, oh, they're so cute and peaceful. And then you hear, like... It's like, ha-ha. You're like, oh, it mauled zookeeper. And you're just like, oh, Jesus. Well, our movie this week is all about an aquatic mammal. This week, it was your choice. I'm blaming you for this. Uh, This week, it was Kat's first time watching 2014 Tusk. Always be sober what you do drunk. It'll teach you to keep your mouth shut. Hemingway said that. Yes, he did. And he said it to me. I don't want you to go to Canada tomorrow. It's for the podcast. It's what I do. I travel around and I interview weird or interesting people. So look out, you crazy Canucks! Wandering Wallace <laughs> takes a raunchy road trip up to the Great White North. Hello. I'm an old man who has enjoyed a long and storied life at sea. 
And after eons of oceanic adventure, I know I do not wish to spend my remaining years alone when I have such stories to share. How far is Bifrost from here? It's about two hours from here. It's about two hours away. I hate American guys. Good evening. It's nice to meet you. Could I interest you in some tea? So what happened after the boat sank? I was alone. And then something very swift and frightening moved by me. A walrus saved your life? The walrus is far more evolved than any man I've ever known. Present company included. Thank you. You're welcome. Would you? There, there. It'll be all right, Mr. Tuff. He hasn't called me in three days. I'm worried. Why are you doing this? Are you really mourning your humanity? I don't understand. Who in the hell would want to be human? Did. <laughs> you suggested this, I and I, this. I said they're going, oh, I watched it once out of, you know, morbid curiosity, and now I guess I'm going back. I think that's why I had to suggest it, because again, I hadn't seen it, and it was I was just so curious. I mean, that, yeah, absolutely fair, 100% fair. Um, I've only seen, like, screenshots of it, and... And that's enough. Yeah. All right, so let's tackle this movie. So we open on the sound of seagulls, um, then just uh, laughing. Also, a little pop-up came up. This is based on actual events. I saw that. I tried to, like, Google that. And apparently, yeah, it's roughly based on true events. What? Like, walk me through this. What events did you find? What? This one, it was... Ah, oh, now you put me on the spot. Do you but, remember? Um, it was something to do with, like, about the um the story with the guy and the walrus. Right. Was not the what happened in there but like sort of with the uh what happened with that like at sea and the guy oh, the guy getting like stuck yeah. on the rock and the walrus looking after yeah. him and so that's the that's the true bit of this story i guess i believe so i'm hoping so that's, uh, that's fine i like that part of the story that's a really sweet part yeah yeah now let's tackle the rest of this movie um <clears throat> so yeah we hear some laughing um we we uh cut to the nazi party which I hate. I cringed every time it's I heard n- that. This, I know this is a comedy movie, but the comedy in this movie makes me hurt. It's... it's. Oh, I guess it's just not my kind of humour. You laugh at how bad it is. Yeah. Their their podcast is called The the Nazi Party. Um, of course, if you say it fast enough, it sounds like The Nazi Party. Yeah. Which is great. I, I like- get the joke. Ha 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 ha. Oh, Yeah. We meet Wallace, uh, played by the amazing Justin Long. He's like B-grade horror 
king, one of them anyway, along with Bruce Campbell, like just call them the B-grade horror kings. Um, and Teddy, played by Haley Joel Oswald. Um, they're doing sort of a radio slash podcast show. Um, they're they're in hysterics because they keep rewatching a video of this like um, this kid with a samurai sword who's like swinging it around and then accidentally cuts his own leg off, and they think it's hilarious. I, yeah, it. They are dying of laughter. I mean, it just kind of sets the whole tone, really. Like it's yeah. it's, it's that kind of humor. And you, it sort of sets out who these people are to find that sort of thing funny. Like, it's funny when a kid falls over and bumps their head. It's not funny when a kid falls over and decapitates themselves, you know? At first I thought it was like an edit, and I was like, oh, no way, he actually cuts his leg off. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's the funniest shit they've ever seen. Yeah. And this is where I'm just like, okay, we're just, we've just got um, this is- awful people. <laughs> uh, they, they end their podcast with um, join the Nazi party in a German accent, because of course... Wow. Um, I said, at this point in the movie, my note literally just says, okay, I'm not going to feel bad for any suffering about to be inflicted on these people. <laughs> like, That's, like, why they did it. Mm. They're just such, awful like, just people. awful people. <laughs> they like, pull Terrible. But, like, yeah. They also sort of foreshadow in it as well. Do they? Yeah, because he... Well, spoiler alert, he starts talking about, like, he's like, oh, like, I wouldn't mind losing a leg or something. He's like, I don't even bother Oh, my God, he does. You're completely right. He does say I wouldn't mind losing a leg. I can sit at home and do whatever all day or something like that. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh. Wow, I didn't pick up on that. I think I was just, (laughs) like, this early on in the movie, I was just sat there like, why am I doing this to myself? Like, why am I watching this movie again? But at the same time, like, I've got someone to talk to about it now. Someone else has seen it that I can share the pain with. Introducing this pain to everyone else. So yeah. Go and watch this movie, guys, and then come back and listen to our thoughts. But you think this yeah. was great. Um, we get a title card. Um, it, just Tusk, which is great. Um, Wallace says that he's, you know, he's going to head to Canada to interview the kid who cut his leg off. Basically, he's just going to go and mock this kid to his face now. Great podcast. Yeah, amazing. I would listen to this 100%. I love it when people take something that isn't funny and then, you know... Make it worse. Make it worse. Just make it so much worse. But I was thinking the whole time when watching that first one, I'm like, hmm, it's kind of funny how they've got a podcast and this is what I'm coming to do now. I know. The irony was not lost on me. Yeah. When I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, we're doing a podcast on a movie about a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, uh, Wallace arrives in Canada, um, he talks to the, like, what are they, like, border control, I guess? Okay, that guy was great, though. That guy was pretty funny. I think he's a YouTuber, isn't he? I think so. He was really familiar. Doesn't he do, um, or didn't he do, back in the day, like, Epic Mealtime or something like that? Is it him? I think it is. Is it the Epic Mealtime guy? I'm gonna say yes. It's either him or it's the, the larger guy from the, the Hangover movies, because they look very similar. Uh, Zach Galifianakis. I, I, <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. I don't like, like the Hangover was, movies. Familiar? Mm. I recognised him. I think I know him from YouTube, but I'm not sure what like channel or what he did there. I think it might be Epic Meal Time, but I don't know for sure. It's my guess. But he was great. He was some of the lines here. Some of the lines here were actually very well written and kind of clever. And just how it was done as well. I, I liked yeah. the presentation. Yeah. It was good. It's like my one 
positive in this movie is this scene with the border control guy. You got your can of do's and your can of don'ts. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> so good. Um, that's right. And he says, you know, uh, they're talking about sadness or something like that or depression. And he's just like, no, no, that doesn't, that doesn't, that isn't in Canada. So what was it? Sadness was invented by the USA. It's right there in our flag behind the sacred maple leaf. American flag is red, white, and blue, but the Canadian is red and white and never blue. <laughs> I loved it. I'm like, I this is so good. funny writing. This is good comedy. I like this. The play on words and everything like that. And I love how he went from like joking and then he just went deadpan. That's right, because Wallace says something about not liking hockey or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and he's like, ha! <laughs> yeah, we don't joke about that. We don't joke about hockey. Yeah. You love hockey when you're while you're in Canada. I'm going to ask that to every Canadian I meet now. Do you like hockey? Do you- <laughs> You've probably heard that question like a million times each. <laughs> like like British, like when people hear that I'm British, they're like, oh, do you drink tea? I mean, same. I get that question a lot, and the answer is yes. I'm drinking it right now, as we speak. Yeah, Kat's having a cup of tea now. I, I stick more to coffee, but I do like a good cup of tea. I even have, like, I have a fancy teapot. Oh, that's good, that's good. I was going to say, or else um, I'm disowning you as a British. I'm not, I'm not allowed to be British anymore. You don't like tea? Get out. Get out. How dare you? Is this why they kicked you out of England? <laughs> Yes, no. So I had to leave. We had to leave. <laughs> I don't drink tea and they kicked me out. It's like it's sick. I have to move to New Zealand now. Yeah. Um, Wallace uh, tells the border control that he's here to interview someone. Um, we then cut to Wallace sort of arriving at the kid's house. Um, he gets a call from Ali, his girlfriend, but declines it before um, realizing that the house is currently being used as a wake venue. There's, like, people walking around in black. There's, like, white ribbons and, like, wreaths um, at the front of the house. And he goes around the side of the house to to see the wheelchair with the kid's face on it and everyone crying around it because the kid had killed himself. Yep. And that is, again, it it's the movie to a T, really. I'm like, great. Of, yep. Poor guy. Like, they moshed this guy and made it so much worse. More fool. Oh, yeah. And I want to, like, is the reason this kid killed himself because of people like Wallace and Teddy, like, just mocking him relentlessly? Teddy make it more viral? Oh, they might have done, yeah. The video that they had on the podcast, they Mm. had the one all where they just, was it just their note that they were like reviewing it? Because I'm not sure if they spread it or if they were just mocking it more, but. They said, I think a fan sent it to them and then, and then they were reviewing it or something like that. But yeah, because apparently, apparently somehow these guys have a quite a large following that that's become a big thing now. Yeah. So there's something for everybody. I just hate Wallace. I just hate him as a human being. As a human Um, being, yes. Justin Long, I bet, is lovely. I bet as as a person, I bet he's lovely. But I do just have to point out the crying in that scene was just so bad. It was terrible. It was so jarring. (laughs) And I couldn't even, like, pin who was crying. No, you can't even tell. I was like, what? Okay. Yeah, it's really, really bad. Um, and then we, we cut to Wallace. Uh, Wallace heads to a bar. He calls Teddy and has a conversation with him. Um, the Kill Bill, uh, he, tell, he tells Teddy that the Kill Bill kill, killed himself. And Wallace is so pissed about it because, because now he doesn't have someone to interview. 
That's the problem he has with it. Yeah, not that he died, but he can't mock this kid some more. Yeah, he can't he can't record an interview where he can mock him anymore. That selfish, selfish kid killed himself and now he doesn't have a podcast episode. Yep. Um he, he's fantastic guys, as you can see. Yeah. Oh yeah. lovely. This is why I don't feel bad. Yeah, no. By the end of the movie, I'm just sort of like I mean okay. I don't think it's intentional. <laughs> I really do. Because they're just they're just they're just Teddy and and other characters sort of teeter between being awful human beings and somewhat okay human beings, but Wallace just doesn't. He just he's just a piece of shit. This entire movie, the whole movie, it's exhausting. Um, anyway, um, Wallace says he doesn't want to waste the trip, um, so he's going to find someone to, someone weird in Canada to interview to make up for it. Also. The entire conversation he's on the phone, he's like lip smacking, chewing nuts, and it drove me crazy. I, 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 I pick up on that. No, no. He's like shoving handfuls of peanuts into his mouth and going like <laughs> while he's talking, and I was just like, I hate you even more. Please stop. He's just one of those guys. He's just, just one, one of those guys. guys. But he did mention that Canada was boring, and he didn't know if he was going to be able to find someone. That's true. So he's got his, got his just desserts, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, he goes to the bathroom to take a leak and sees an advertisement for an old man who has stories to tell. Okay, as a gay man, um, this is how you get kidnapped and sold into gay, like gay sex slavery. Like, don't trust a bathroom note, especially when it's written so formally. Like, you're in a pretty sleazy bar and you find this extremely well-written, you know, note to, like... <laughs> sort of, like, categorise his life or whatever like that in a sleazy, above a urinal in a sleazy bar. But it's also, like, free, like, living accommodation um, if you do some chores. And it's, like, doesn't that sort of... Yeah, it's, like, all you have to do... Yeah, I've, we, we've got a we've got a room for rent, but it's, like, free. All you have to do is do the housework because he's unable to anymore or something like that. I mean, again, maybe it's because I am a, like, tiny female, but that, again, just instantly I'm, like, nope. No, as, a, as, as a gay, yeah, in the middle of nowhere as well. I mean, he doesn't know that yet. Oh, yet. He doesn't know that yet. But even so, this is a giant red flag. Like, don't go near this thing. What are you doing? Also, I just want to point out, he pees so much in this movie. Like, a lot of this movie is just <laughs> just going to the bathroom and you just hear this, just you just hear him peeing for Constantly. probably about, like, one-fourth of the movie. A quarter of the movie is just this guy peeing. Yeah. And he's probably peeing later when he's a walrus, but we don't know. We, see, these are questions that I have to think about later. These are the questions we need. I, these questions I was honestly thinking about. Oh, okay, okay. We'll tackle that when we get to it. Throw your questions at me when we get there. Um, uh, it, uh, he's um, Wallace has a conversation with the guy who left the note because he left a number on the note. So Wallace is having a conversation with the man um, in like a quickie mart to make a booking. The girls behind the counter tell him how far away the house is. He asks, like, I can't remember what, what the place was. Winnipeg? No. Winnipeg? Winnipeg? Might be Winnipeg. Where they are. Where the house is. No, it's, um... It's, like, two hours out of Winnipeg or something, isn't it? Yeah, no, it does, because he makes a joke about it sounding like... 
erotic or something like it's oh yeah it was like hard rock or something like that wasn't it like that like not quite but it's yeah it is something like that and he just makes a joke about it and the girls are just like staring at him yeah and and impressed yeah he's he's leaving a message with or he's talking with um teddy and he's like oh yeah it's like two hours out of winnipeg i'll just ask these girls exactly where it is and this is these two girls are the director's daughter and johnny depp's daughter okay yeah they're just there they're just there for the cameo and they're just uh just playing typical like what um dairy sort of like convenience store yeah. teenage girls teenage on girls. their phone just texting like, chewing gum like twirling their hands yeah like yeah just your typical it's cliche yeah yeah it's a bit cliche but um but uh, so the old man who lives in this mansion who can't get around left a note for someone to live in his house I didn't even two hours away from where he actually lives above a urinal in a sleazy bar what yeah that is just paying all red flags to yeah me. like how what what how, how did he get the note there so and also people leave ads like like is that like a common thing for people to do and like why in a bathroom why not like like I mean you know of all places yeah, I've heard of, like, leaving your number, you know, for a good time called blah, 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 blah. I mean, that makes sense, though, when you're in a, a sleazy bar bathroom, yeah. Yeah, okay, but not, like, come catalog, come, come catalog my life experiences, free room for rent, call me. Put that, like, the supermarket board or whatever they yeah. do, like, you know, like... At the convenience store. Like... Uh, and, yeah, and Wallace is just like... Yep, that sounds perfectly. Like, I count me in. I'm. But I guess he is just hunting for a story. Yeah, he's not actually. He's not actually there to rent the room or anything. Because he's very like cocky as yeah, well and he's, arrogant. And he's arrogant as fuck. I just a dick. I just do not think he's thinking about any kind of danger. No, he's too good to be in danger. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we we learn that the old man is renting a room as long as she could do the housework uh, as he's wheelchair bound. Uh, Wallace drives to meet the man who promises he has plenty of stories to tell. Wallace arrives at the house. It's like a country mansion. This thing is huge. It looks great. It looks I... like an amazing house. But for one person, it... you'd be... It's a lot of rooms. You'd be pottering around a bit. Like... I... Wheelchair? And it's um two stories? Oh, I hadn't clocked that. I mean, we do learn that he doesn't need the wheelchair, <laughs> but... <laughs> but also... What does he need the extra story of house for if he is wheelchair bound? Like, how does he get, like... I don't know. I don't know. This this movie has lots of questions and no answers. Um, yeah, it's like a country a country mansion looking thing. He lets himself in as well. He, he doesn't... Oh, he doesn't just... knock or anything like that. He just enters and is like, hello. Um, and meets with the old man, uh, Howard Howe, played by Michael Parks, who's an amazing actor. Yeah. Oh, he did fantastic. Um... He's got his legs crossed while he's talking with Wallace. And I was like, surely that means he has use of his legs then, right? I didn't even notice that. that I mean, yeah. But I think, again, Wallace is just too arrogant to notice. Too arrogant. I mean, yeah. I might be jumping to conclusions. Maybe he just doesn't have, like, he's not strong in his legs or something like that. Like, I'm sure there's people who can technically walk but have to use a wheelchair because, like, back problems or their log legs aren't strong enough or something like that. But I just noticed it. And because I already knew that he could walk, I was like, mm, red flag. It's just it's just a walking, well, not walking, red flag. It's, just, it's a wheeling red flag. A wheeling red flag. I think just everything. And just even like, oh, the bathroom. He pees again. 
They shake hands. Howard makes some tea while Wallace goes to pee. Again. And there's like there's like a weird like uh toilet toilet paper cozy as well of like this little ballerina girl and he like scoffs it scoffs at it and turns it around. I mean it's very common in sort of like older people's houses. I mean I think my nana and my grandma had some in their houses. So Really? Yeah. Oh. My nana definitely has one. I I know tea cozies. But, but like that that doll sort of thingy on that the you put over the like spare toilet roll. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I find it creepy. I agree. No, it's terrifying, but it's there. <laughs> Especially as it's like it's at the right height where it's just looking at your junk. Like Woo! And like that's what you want when you go to the bathroom. <laughs> Uh, so he rejoins Howard and tucks into his cup of tea. Wallace explores the room. He's sort of wandering around, you know, looking at all the different artifacts that um, Howard has on his walls, uh, while Howard just sort of watches him very creepily. It's just Sky. Yeah. And he's just like, mm. like, I mean, I know he thinks the guy is weird and like wheelchair bound and all of that stuff, but it's just, no, he's just very nonchalant sort of like just walking around just like looking through this guy's house like it might be because he's in a wheelchair as well so how's like oh he's no threat oh not howard sorry um wallace 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 is just like oh he's no threat you know if it, if it comes to it i'll run away because <laughs> i have because he, yeah um, he has that sort of humor uh, they talk about their grandmas very briefly. I can't remember why, but they do. Howard says he's thankful to have his memory, even though he doesn't have control of his body much anymore. Uh, Wallace tells Howard that he's a podcaster, not a writer. Um, he has to explain what a podcaster is. This is funny. This, yeah. I like this as well. He's just like, oh, what's that? And he's like, it's a radio show, but on the internet. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a pretty good description. Uh, we cut to uh, a previous episode of Wallace and Teddy's show. So we're back in the recording booth sometime in the past, laughing at some awful comedy comedy show that they'd done. Um, we then cut back to Wallace and Howard having a conversation as Wallace continues to drink his tea. He's, he says he's never had tea like this. It tastes great. <laughs> I'm just like, even the first time I watched this, I was like, mm-hmm. Uh, Did you catch on to the, the spiked tea? Yep. yep. I just knew. Like, I mean, it's just so cliche. Yeah. He's like, oh, the tea is drugged. Yep. 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 It always is. And I mean, it, it did look very fancy in the little teacups. It had like a tall teapot as well. It was like one of those fancy ones. Yeah. I mean, I always love a good cup of tea, so. <laughs> I, I probably. You, you'd be suckered into this. You'd yeah. Be, you'd be unconscious with your legs missing in like an hour's time. Oh, you would have started the story. And I'd be on the floor. He sat there downing the tea, like, oh, fuck, yeah. Down the teapot. Just... And then he's just like, maybe you should slow down. You're like, no, 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 no. It's I tea. Need... It's tea. It's fine. It's my blood. Um, Howard claims he knew Ernest Hemingway. Apparently, he was there during D-Day on a boat. He tells him um, a story about the ship, how Hemingway wanted to hunt Nazis. But um, he was, um, he was they, they wanted to protect him as, like... I don't know, like an asset of England or whatever like that. So he wasn't allowed yeah. to go ashore. He had to stay on the ship. Um, so accepted a bottle of alcohol from from Howard instead. They shared drinks together. Yeah, and this was all before they heard about the D-Day tragedy. And we get, we get Howard's words of wisdom here. Only do sober what you do drunk. It'll teach you to keep your mouth shut. Wise words. Yeah, it's pretty wise words. It's all right. Yeah. I've heard worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you were drunk. Uh, I haven't been drunk in a very long time. Um, yeah, 
you know when you know when you're drunk and somebody tells you anything that sounds even remotely philosophical and you're just like oh, my mind amazing. is amazing yeah it's probably we probably had a moment like that before, yeah before i could before, back when i could drink oh i can't drink but i do anyway like i'm so yeah. lightweight it's a few drinks and i'm gone oh, i just get migraines now so it's a, it's it's a medic- old oh how dare you I mean, we're, we're pretty much roughly around the same age, but, like, it's just all getting older. I forget, how old are you? Uh, 27. Oh, yeah, I'm 29, so I'm a couple of years older, but yeah, pretty close compared to, like, all of our co-workers. Yeah, who are like, like five. No, <laughs> okay, like they're, like, they're, like, what, like, 20, but... Yeah, they're, like, early 20s, everyone. We we learn that uh, Wallace is pleased with the story. He thinks that Howard's quite an interesting person. Um, Howard draws his attention to some of the trinkets around the room, and he's like, I have stories for all of these. Uh, Wallace takes interest particularly in a large bone that's above the fireplace. Um, Howard says it was part of a walrus. So Wallace picks it up and starts, like, you know, looking at it, as you would. I mean, you'd I, I would ask first. I'm- Probably wouldn't just start picking things up, but... Because, like, these things might be really old or delicate or sentimental. They're going to, like, crumble or what's going to happen, or even it is. Yes, because um, Howard says um, it you, it's called an uh, uzik, as the Alaskans would say. It's a walrus dick bone. Like, like true, though? Don't know. The way they describe it, because what do they say? They're like, it's... For during mating, so the bone keeps the penis erect yeah. during mating or something like That's that. What, yeah. And it's like humans are like one of the only mammals that don't have it or something like that. And I was like, oh, that makes biological sense. I didn't Google it because I don't want Google to think that I'm looking up like animal dick. How dare you? Do it for the podcast. 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 And then we get a really weird line. How it just turns around because he's because uh, well. Or starts like jacking it off or whatever like that. Of course so he does. Stupid. But how is just like I'm a naughty boy, aren't I? Or something like that. He makes this really weird comment, and I'm just like, yep, yep. This is like gay slave trade. <laughs> You're about to be kidnapped and sold into gay sex slavery. This is what's happening. Um, Howard says the walrus is the most noble of God's creatures. While yeah, while while Wallace pretends to jack off the walrus dick, in, including pretending to get a facial from it, and I'm just like, I hate him. I want him to die. It's so bad. But of course he does. Of course he does. Because he's that kind of person. Yep. Yep. I, just, I, oh, I can't explain my frustration of this person. Um, Howard says he got it off a walrus he knew when he got lost at sea in 1959. Howard starts to tell his story while Wallace um, starts to get a bit sleepy. His eyes start drooping a bit and he's sort of wobbling in his chair a bit like that. Um... Howard was hunting a great white shark, apparently, um, when the boat hit an iceberg, but he escaped. Wallace continues to catch the quotes that Howard's throwing out as well. Every now and again, Howard would just, like, quote, like, a famous literary or philosopher or something like that. And Wallace is actually, like, you know, naming the person who's quoted us. So he is well-read. Yeah, like, he's not dumb. He just wants to be this very, like... I'm the cool guy that's actually just an asshole. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's just he's, a persona. Yeah, he, the thing is, I hate this because he's actually an intelligent person. Yeah. And he's doing stupid and hurtful shit for a living. Oh, I just, I know it's like... Very, almost modern, you know what I mean? Like, they're just trying to fit what is cool at the time. Yeah. 
And I mean, that's just what's selling for them. And they're just keep going with it. But it's it's awful. I, I don't understand this mindset. Like, I don't understand who enjoys this, though. Yeah, I, I don't know. Because all these movies that we watch are so Americanized. Like, is this actually what American culture's like? We, please tell us. Please, yeah, comment. Send us an email. Let us know if this is what American culture is like. Because, like, you know, you see the high school dramas and everything like that. And they've got their social cliques and everything like that. And then you've got all these sort of stuff. And in New Zealand and back in England as well, like, you were you. And anyone who didn't like that went elsewhere. Like, <laughs> like school was very different if you look at it from, like, England to New Zealand. Mm. I mean, it was different. I find New Zealand so much more relaxed. Oh, yeah, like, you don't have to wear a tie here. As long as you turn up, they're like, like well done. Yeah, good on you, mate. But it's just, yeah. In England, it was, I, I went to a grammar school, so we had to wear full suits every day. Every day to, uh, every, I almost said every day to work. Every day to school. Like it, yeah. it felt like work. And we had to learn three languages and all that kind of stuff. And then it came to New Zealand and was like, oh, yeah, for your first uh, for your first year, year nine, you have to you have to pick a language. But if you don't want to do it after that first year, you can just drop it. And, like, I didn't even know what an intermediate was when I came here. Because mm. I had to go to intermediate. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I only did primary in England. And then I came here and I was like, what is this? Even now, can someone tell me what it is? Because is- it, it, like, apparently prepares you for high school. Yeah. But... I don't know. Really do much. All I remember was doing stuff like cooking and like teddy bear club. I made a teddy bear. That was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, but I, I, I played t-ball a lot. <laughs> That's what I feel like it was. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know because like I got here for for high school. I got here for year nine, which is when when New Zealand, um, the secondary school I guess starts. Yeah. I mean they call it college, but if you say college, then the Americans think of like frat houses. Um, so it's weird. And yeah, every country has something different. And like switching from from England to here, it was a bit weird. But yeah, it's definitely more relaxed. But I just I'm just curious if that's what it's like in America. Do you have to pretend to be someone else all the time? Is it really that sort of clicky and like you're all that in high school? I mean, when you're a teenager, high school is all that, and you know. Yeah. But it's just, is it really, really like how they show it in the movies? Yeah, in because in New Zealand, like it's like the bullies were the outcasts. Yeah. Like, they were outcasts because they were bullies. Like, if they were nicer, they'd have lots of friends. And, like, I don't know about you, but in, like, high school, I had friends everywhere. Like, I was friends with some of the jocks. And I was friends with, like, the arts kids and the music kids. And then, like... So was I. Like, it wasn't really, like, separated by... Yeah. Like... What you did. Yeah, like, what that sort of defined... I mean, it wasn't really that defining trait. I mean, there were some people who were, like, good at this thing and good at that thing. But it wasn't like, oh, that's the... The music kids are yeah. over there or, you know, the, the drama kids are over there. No, it was like everyone just sort of hung out together and it was like, oh, I can't I can't hang out this lunch because I've got music practice. And you're like, OK, cool. See you later. Talking social politics. <laughs> <laughs> um, Howard, we, we cut back to Howard, who says he was terrified as he swam in the pitch black sea. Um, Wallace continues to get more dozy. Uh, Howard says he woke woke up on the shore of a of a rock bed where a walrus was sort of nesting or staying or whatever like that. Um, the walrus took him in and kept him warm to save him. Uh, he called the walrus Mr. Tusk after a janitor he knew when he was a child. The fact that it's not called Mr. Tusk because it has tusks, I find kind of hilarious. Yeah, did you get the full name of the janitor? It's like Mr. Like Tusk. Tudusky or something? Yeah, something like that. It was like... Yeah. 
the only man who was ever kind to me or something like that. It's just Mr. Tudaski, the janitor. It's just the movie as a whole. It's just that sort of, of course it is. Mm. That's why he's named that. And this, these stories are so odd, but very captivating for some reason. I don't know about you, but like, I wasn't bored while he was telling his stories. I think it, yeah, I was really interested. I wanted more. Yeah, it's just the power of this actor. It's like keeping you engaged, which is quite impressive considering all things. Um, considering the, the stories themselves as well. Yeah, because this scene goes on for like a good 10 minutes. Yeah. Of him just telling stories of like Ernest Hemingway and then hunting the great white shark and getting lost at sea and finding a walrus and everything like that. But it's not boring at all. It's interesting. It's actually fun to listen to. Um, he says, uh, Howard says that Mr. Tusk, uh, the walrus, was beautiful and his best friend for six months uh, Warris's vision starts to blur while he's saying this, and he's really wobbling in his chair now. He's, like, rocking back and forth. Um, as he tries to stand up, he just passes out, and Howard calls Wallace Mr. Tusk. Woo! But I do love how he passes out, though. Like, he does full-on face plan, but it's like, it's like ass up, face down, and it's like, it's the most undignified way to, like... And like, and that's when the guy's like, mm, Mr. Tusk. Oh, he's still there like, gay sex trade. Yeah, there we go. He wants to fuck that walrus and he wants you to be that walrus. Oh, it's so weird. But yeah, he calls him Mr. Tusk. And oh, you yeah. Just, you just know. You know what's going to happen. Yeah, we cut to Wallace um, just before leaving Canada. So we're back in the past again. Ali's giving him a, a, a quick blowjob before he leaves. Um, but stops stops just before he finishes and tells him that he he shouldn't go to Canada. It's she has a conscience as a human being. Like I she she's generally really lovely. Like she's very um She does some questionable things, but I don't think it's her yes. fault at all. I think it's that whole like I don't think anyone's in the right, but I mean I think she's generally not a bad person. No, I think she's a good because she's like you shouldn't go to Canada because all you're gonna do is mock this kid and he's been through enough and you already mocked him more than you should have and all that sort of stuff. Um, and that's the reason why he doesn't want her to come. Yeah, because he can't one mock one the kid. of the reasons we we'll oh, find out another reason reasons. later. Yeah, it's because he can't mock the kid as much as he wants to. Yeah, he can't. She's there. He can't. You know, do deep investigative journalism on the kid and you're like no you're just gonna go there to make fun of this poor kid yeah um but she, i love this she, she she's like you're not allowed to orgasm until he's not allowed to orgasm until he agrees not to go yeah she's like i won't continue doing the blowjob and then he tries to give himself a handy and she's like slapping his hand she's like nope, nope. not allowed nope, nope. <laughs> i'm like okay um ali think it yeah ali thinks it's basically just awful to go over to Canada and mock the Kill Bill kid even more than they already do. Wallace says the kid messages messaged him asking him for the interview, and I think that's horseshit. I don't agree with that. No, I, re- I think he would have. I think he's making it up. Yeah, he's just so desperate to blow his load that he'd say anything. So, yeah, yeah it's <clears throat> this guy. He's, yeah, he's just that kind of guy. She says that Wallace. Um, she says that the Wallace she fell in love with wasn't cruel and mean spirited. Wallace says that that version of him wasn't popular. And but how is his podcast popular? That's what I want to know. Are people are people in general just this awful? Or is there just like a group of them? You know what I mean? Like like oh, twenty like, hardcore fans. Yeah, 
And then that's it. And then everyone else is like, oh, yeah, we'll give this a listen. They're like, oh, that's really dumb. You're like, oh, no, 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 no. We're not touching that. Why did they listen to it? Because it's so bad. Oh, maybe. So they listen to it to mock it. And Wallace is sort of taking it more as a compliment than it actually is. Yeah. Like, they're probably like, oh, just, you know, when you get like those sort of, okay, I hate to bring this up, but like. Logan and Jake Paul. You think of those guys. Oh, my God. Yes. You think of those guys. Like, it's like that kind of situation where, like, they're so bad. And I think because they're so, like, infamous. In- infamous? Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's just people are going to listen. Yeah, I guess so. Because, yeah, those guys are not good or even nice people. No. Like, if they were nice, it would be one thing. But they're not. They're just bad people. And that's how they're everywhere. And yeah. I think that's probably how maybe they got that kind of fame. Because they're just... No. And teenage right. teenagers thought they were hot, I guess. I mean, they could work and just that sort of thing. I guess they just. Mm. I mean, they probably do have a lot of younger fans because I think that's where that humor is gonna sort of. Well, that was the big thing yeah. when he did the 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 thing in Japan where he he filmed the person who hung themselves in the in the suicide forest. Yeah. And then he, you know, the, a lot of the controversy over that was a because you know that's undignified for the person who's just killed themselves and also like his audience is so young like between like eight and 12 or something like that is where the peak of his audience is anyway we could talk about logan paul fucking forever and what a dirtbag he is but we'll move on yeah that's how i imagine the sort of fame that what? like wallace and stuff get so wallace is the logan paul of this movie yes okay okay we got it <laughs> um she makes it clear that he's losing her because of what a dirtbag he's being. Um, or at least she sort of hints at it. She's just sort of like, you know, I don't feel for you the, the same way I felt for him, that older version of you. Um, she Wallace just pines over, like, just how... Or, like, just looks and he's like, no, that guy was, like, real nerdy. He wasn't cool. He wasn't popular. Yeah. But, I mean, that's who she, like, fell with. And... Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Um, he says that... He blames, because uh, she wants to go to Canada with him, at least. Yes. And he says that Teddy would get jealous if he took her with him, because Teddy doesn't like to travel. So he'd get jealous, and he's using that as the excuse as why she can't come. We find out later that's not the reason. Oh, and, I mean, and he's probably better completely than made stayed. it up. Yeah. yeah. She says, the old him, the geeky kid, who used to be funny, so sweet, and such a softy, that's who she fell in love with. Um, and he says he makes a joke because he can't go two seconds without making a crass joke. He says, oh, there's nothing soft about me now. Of course. Find the mood. He can't just switch off that part of his brain. No. I'm like, stop being a dick for 10 seconds. Just stop thinking about your dick for 10 seconds. Yeah, like, it's like you don't have an audience right now, just unless this is like who he's. Because I've heard about that for some comedians and stuff like that. They're one way on stage oh. and then they go home and they're a normal person. Exactly. Like, I mean, you look at people like, I want to say, like, Sasha Baron Cohen sort of thing. And, like, he's mm. very, like, like, he always, yeah. But, like, you think about, like, him and Isla Fisher, like, they've lasted for so long and they're, like, such a good couple. And they've got, like, a family and stuff. Yeah. Like, he's probably just, like, a cool dad at home. Exactly. I mean, I know he gets really into his characters, but, like, you know, he's. That's different. That's being on stage. But Wallace doesn't have that switch in his brain where it's like, no. I'm not on stage anymore. I can turn it off. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, better make a dick joke. Has, there hasn't been a dick joke in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, I'm going to squish his They go back to having sex. Um, we flash to Wallace now as he wakes up in the mansion. He's in a wheelchair. 
there's a blanket covering his his legs. Yep. So it looks like, you know, been tucked in, he's being looked after. Um, we see Howard sat on the other side of a very, very fucking large room. It's massive. This reminds me of like dance studios when he used to do dance yeah. and things like that. It looks like a fucking dance studio. It's it huge. Um, and he's polishing, uh, Howard sat there polishing a white bone sort of into a pointed shape. Um, yeah, it looks to be to have been sharpened. He's just sort of wiping it down with a cloth or sandpaper or something like that. Um, Howard greets him and wheels himself over. Gives Wallace some water from his um, mega gulp slurp cup. God, like, I honestly don't know how people can drink that much. Yeah, no. I, we were talking about it at work the other day because um, one of our co-workers was talking about how they drink, like, um, like six liters of water a day or something like that to how keep, to keep hydrated. Constantly peeing. That's exactly what I said. I was like, I have a bottle, like one one liter bottle of water, and I'll go to the bathroom like four times in an hour. Same. Same. Because oh yeah. I think it's my body just doesn't know what to do with that much water. Yeah, it's like let's just get it out. Like I don't know, just like but six liters. How are you just not constantly stuck in the bathroom? Yeah, but I do kind of want to go to America just to experience what a large is in America. Like, if I got a large slushy, how large are we talking? Because New Zealand large is not not that big. I, yeah. I mean, I'd be curious. Just to go and just, just see what try it's it. Like. Just to try it. Um, Howard greets him. Yeah, he, he wheels himself over. He gives him some water. Howard tells him he just passed out. And then he saw an unusual looking spider crawl away from him. And he he says it's probably a re- brown recluse. There's a He's lot of them. Spider Man. Yeah. Um, a brown recluse. Apparently, there's a lot of them in this area. They're quite poisonous, you know. He says, uh, "Is this actor is very good? He is. He has to say some crazy shit in this movie, but never at any point does it feel like he doesn't believe what he's saying." Oh, it's so good. Like this guy, I'm. If I met him, if he just told me, like I don't know, he could tell me anything. I believe it. Yeah, it's, he's, he's so good. He's so um, Howard tells him the doctor uh, lived nearby. He's like seven miles away or something like that. Um, and um, the doctor, when he came over to have a look at him, accidentally stepped on his phone so he can't use his phone to, to make any calls um, and, and broke it. Wallace um, had to have a spinal injection, apparently. The bite caused his ankle to swell. Swell like a balloon. It looked like the elephant man, I think he says, or something like that. Or like the size of an elephant or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like, Wallace is like, how big's the elephant or something? Yeah, and he, he like chuckles. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it must have been a pretty big... Pretty big swell or whatever yeah. like that. And, he, and then then Howard says, you know, the doctor had to take some drastic measures to save his life. Um, yeah, I just put here, Howard is such a good liar. Like, I just don't know what it is, but this actor is just selling everything he says. Yes, it's, yes. It's I mean, awesome. you know it's a lie. You, oh, you know. You know what's happening. And yeah. It's just fun, it's fun. though. Yeah. Having this actor who's so, like, into it and so convincing yeah it just yeah it makes this movie more bearable can you imagine could you imagine this movie with bad acting Oof. i we didn't enjoy it because like the, yeah. s- the script and you know just the way it, the premise and everything like that just probably wasn't enjoyable but like if you put bad acting on top of it as well it would be an unwatchable film would it be so bad it's funny oh maybe like maybe maybe uh, we'll never know we'll never know and god i i don't no. want to know i don't want to watch this again please uh wallace removes his blanket 
to uh, the blanket that's covering him to discover one of his legs is missing. It's like at the knee, right? It's to the point where like the uh, the Kill Bill kid actually cut off his leg. Yes. It's like the same. It's the same injury. Yeah. And, and you're like, ha ha ha. Ha, you dick. But it's just like he said that earlier on in the... In the yeah, huh? you pointed that out. I had never... I had not picked that up. I've watched this movie twice now. And no, I, <laughs> I had not picked that up. But his reaction's so funny, though. Justin Long, I love you, man. You're amazing. He's just like, holy shit. My leg's cut. There's no leg there. It's like, no, no, there's not. It's just, yeah, the dramatic irony of this is just amazing. Um, I do love his reaction. It is very, like, he's so drugged up, but also... He's so just, uh, duped up, but, like, still in the right character for it as well. Yeah. Like, yep. it's like, dude, where's my car level of, like, dude bro. <laughs> but he's like, where's my leg? <laughs> my leg's not there anymore. So good. Yeah. Uh, Wallace asks, uh, why isn't he in the hospital? Howard st- starts to laugh as he makes up an excuse. He's like, well, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, um, no. <laughs> and comes up with an excuse. Wallace tries to get up and Howard laughs excitedly. Like, I, I don't know what, what Wallace was going to do, but like he tries to get out of his wheelchair or something like that. And he's got like a seatbelt on yeah. to stop him from falling out. And, um, and Howard just has like a little giggle. It's it, you can see the mask starting to slip on this character. Oh, for sure. I really don't know what Wallace's plan was. I mean, what would anyone's plan be? Like, you know, you've just, you've lost your leg. You're in the middle of nowhere. What What are you going to do, Wallace? What yeah. are you going to do? Nobody knows you're there. Hop away? Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that, yeah, like, Howard's like, he's like, he's got him in the trap now. So it's, it's just like, okay, don't need, don't really need this, um, this Mask, facade anymore. Yeah. So he starts to let it slip. He starts to giggle at Howard's, um, sorry, at Wallace's pain and, and confusion. Um, Wallace wants a phone, but uh, all the phones from the house have been removed, apparently. Yeah, there's no phones. The doctor... The doctor took away all the phones. That's right. The doctor said, you know, he didn't want... He just wanted you to get rest, so he took away all the phones. Rest and relax. Howard turns and rolls back to the other side of the room and says, I'm truly sorry for your loss, through a gritted laugh. Like, he's facing the window and he's like, I'm so sorry for your lo- for your loss. <laughs> and he's like, chuckling while he's saying it yeah so good so good we cut to howard and wallace having dinner now wallace isn't eating and it's apparently because he he can't move his arms due to the drugs that he's on oh no i mean yeah we knew this was coming yeah absolutely 100 percent. pretty good dinner though maybe it was just the potatoes but i was like mm. it's that dinner face planting into the plate going i yeah. want my potatoes These potatoes you got any more of that tea yeah, they're like, it was dragged. I'm like, it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. I need to sleep tonight anyway. It's fine. I just need tea. Um, Howard says it's necessary. Otherwise, he'd be in great pain. Uh, Wallace says he's um, he's not. Uh, that's right. Wallace says that he's not sleepy. He's immobilized. So Wallace is, you know, completely caught on to it. Uh, yeah. Um, Wallace says there wasn't a spider, was there? And Howard continues to claim there was. He's like, no, no, it was. It was a massive thing, a brown recluse, like I said, just like I said. Just some facts about it. Yes, yeah, but it matches so closely to when he was, like, telling his stories. Yeah. But it feels like it could be the truth. We know it's not. He's just rehearsed it so many times, I feel like it's just... Yeah, this is just his... Hum, almost. Yeah, and then, you know, everything immediately snaps because he starts singing Itsy Bitsy Spider. 
at the dinner table. Like a psycho. Like a fucking psycho. He's just like, he even does it with like a lisp as well. He's like, yeah. spider. And you're just like, what? And the hand motions, just doing the bitsy spider. And you're like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. Uh, Wallace starts screaming, calling him a psycho. Howard walks over to the other side of the table and just smacks him across the face. Then goes back to his dinner. He's decided to turn Wallace into... Uh, sorry, he's decided to tell Wallace the truth. He's been making a walrus suit, and he wants Wallace to wear it. With some alterations to his body, of course. So, yeah, we know. Yep. Yeah, I'm just shaking my head. Yeah. I'm just... It's... Yep. Mm, a walrus suit. We sure are going there. Love it. But I also love how, like... Um, you know, Wallace starts screaming, and then Howard just starts screaming back, just mocking him, and it's so good. It's so weird. Howard, Howard, Howard says he wants him to act like a walrus from now on. Yeah. No words, just, you know, guttural grunts and things like that. So I was thinking, I was like, how does a walrus actually act? I seem like the... <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> He wants him, he says that he wants him to become the walrus. And it's like, this feels like, you know, baseball when they're just like, you know, don't look at the ball, become the the ball. ball. You won with the ball. Wallace asks um, why he's doing it. And Howard says, um, because he needs to know if man is truly walrus at heart. So, you know, your common quote that you learn in schools. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wallace starts screaming for help, and Howard just copies him before his screams turn into growls and snarls. It's kind of strange, but I also just kind of loved the scene. I kind of loved it. It was great. Like, it's... Wallace is going there going, help, 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 and, and then Howard's there going, <laughs> the upper hand there. I mean, what what is Wallace? Like, like he can't do anything. Yeah, he's stuck. He's paralyzed. Um, we see Ali, um, Wallace's girlfriend, sat on the bed. She's talking about her life, how her life is a series of lies, how great it would to be to be normal. Um, she's um, she's kind of annoyed about how Wallace has turned out. She's not satisfied with the relationship, but doesn't really know what to do about it. Um, she's also feeling guilty about something that she's done. We don't know what that is yet, but she says that. She gets, she feels guilty about it until she remembers all the things that Wallace has done. Yeah. And then she doesn't feel guilty. And that makes her feel more guilty. I mean, yeah, it's just one of those, like, two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah. She mentions that um, she knows that Wallace cheats on her when he goes um, goes to interview things, when he goes on trips. Um, but Ali is still guilted by what she does. We see a man's hand sort of cradle her face, sort of give her a bit of comfort. Yeah, you can- I mean, it does sort of humanise Ellie in that sort of sense. Like, I mean, at least she feels guilty over it. Yeah. Like, she knows it's not right, and no way justifying what she's doing is right. But it's just, like, I feel like she's very, probably the most... At least she feels guilty about it. Yeah, she's probably the most normal character in the movie. Probably. Her and Teddy. By by the end, Teddy... Like, when we meet Teddy at the beginning of the movie, you're like, oh, he's just, like, a carbon copy of fucking... He's the tag-along. Like, you know what Mm. I mean? He's like, oh, ha-ha, yeah, Wallace, you're so funny. Like, ha-ha-ha. Like, but he's not as... I feel like it's almost like the sidekick kind of job. Yeah. We learn that she and and someone else are having an affair. Um, she She confesses her love to them, and the scene ends. 
Um, we cut to another of Teddy and Wallace's shows. Um, their last episode before Wallace left for Canada. Um, they wrap up, you know, join the Nazi, Nazi party and all that sort of stuff. Every time they say it, it's, I just cringe. Yeah, I cringe and roll my eyes. Um, Teddy is going to take Ali to art shows, apparently, while Wallace is in Canada. Um, because Wallace doesn't like looking, doesn't get art, apparently. Get in inverted commas. Of course he doesn't. Doesn't get art. Of course he doesn't. Um, and Wallace is very thankful for Teddy for doing this because he really doesn't want to go. Um, they cut... They cut on their recording. Wallace has to um, has a go at Teddy for always defending Ali as well. He's like, you know, you know, why do you always have to side with her and stuff like that, you know? Um, and it, Teddy just says, Ali just wanted to go with you to Canada. But it was yeah. Wallace, not Teddy, who didn't want it to go. Didn't want her to go, sorry. So, yeah, we, we learned the other half of that. So why? why he doesn't want it to go. Oh, it's because he wants to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wallace says he can't do the interview properly if Ali is there. And also he won't be able to get some road head, as he put it in, in inverted commas. Oh, that's stuck in my head and I hated that. That just that turn of phrase as yeah, well. I was like, it sounds gross. Please, please. No, if I could never hear that again. That would be great. Yeah. Just call it a blowy, call it a quickie. Uh, I don't know. Even this, I'm just, I'm cringing at you, Jacob. I would prefer it to Roadhead, and I don't know why. Or like a hookup? Just call it a hookup. Up. There we go. That's, a hookup. That Perfect. Okay. Teddy says he doesn't get how Wallace could cheat on her, because Teddy thinks that she's, like, amazing and she's beautiful. He even says, like, you know, when you've got a girlfriend that hot, why would you cheat on her? Yeah. Um, Wallace wakes up in the mansion again, so we're back in present time, to the sound uh, uh, to the sound of his annoying as fuck ringtone. I was about to say that ringtone is awful. It's god awful. It's like just an amalgamation of annoying sounds. And it's just very Wallace. It's very Wallace. If he didn't have that ringtone, I'd, yeah. He quickly wheels himself around looking for his phone. That's not broken. That's not broken. My God, Howard lied. But also, on Howard's part, why wouldn't he just break the phone? Yeah, just chuck it down the waste disposal or... Hello, put it upstairs. Yeah. I just realised that's so mean, Cass, but so funny. Same room that Wallace was in, so it's kind of almost like... And, like, nowadays, you can track phones pretty easily. Yeah. Even back in those days, you could track phones. Like, this is 2014. You could track a phone in 2014, right? I'm pretty sure you could. So, I mean, I can barely turn my phone on and off without having to Google it. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't know how to do it. But <laughs> um, we we sort of learned that Ali has been calling him. Um, she puts her phone on charge in the bathroom. Also, who, charge, who charges their phones in the bathroom? Yeah, just put it on, like, a bedside table. Yeah, this is weird. But there's two phones there, um, her phone and and someone else's phone. Mm-hmm. Um, she she goes back to bed um, because she can't get. She's basically Wallace arrives just in time as um, Ali hangs up. Like she gives up on the call. I think she calls up maybe what two three times and then yeah. She hangs it up, plugs it in, and goes to bed. Basically, yeah. On her part, she's fed up. Yeah, absolutely, and fair play to her. Uh, yeah, she puts her phone on charge and goes back to someone else in bed while Wallace tries to call her back. He leaves her a message asking her for help. He even apologizes. Yeah, only takes a life and death situation to say sorry to your girlfriend for being a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, Wallace 
surprise as Ali says she 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 loves him to her whoever her companion is so she's sort of torn in two places she loves wallace but not what he's become but she also loves this new man in her life yeah we then see teddy walk into the bathroom (gasps) plot twist she's sleeping with teddy because teddy's a better human being than wallace yeah i yeah it's a human being's good way not great oh but he's he's quite better better one of the he at least appreciates her yeah and we learn like yeah, they they are like actually interested in each other as opposed to Wallace's sort of disregard for her feelings and her general like existence. Like at least Teddy treats her like a human being. Yeah. While while Teddy's brushing his teeth, he sees Wallace trying to call him and ignores it. In that situation, you would. You would. You yeah. You don't want to pick it up and him be like, oh, so where are you? Oh, at uh, your at your girlfriend's house. <laughs> like yeah. Uh, Wallace leaves Teddy a message um, as a figure moves in the background behind him. Oh, the this is was, this sort of thing the thing that like freaks you out a bit. You get, character doesn't know, but we as the audience know, and I think that's almost like the most scariest part is like they don't know, mm. but you know what's and like you're like you're like no, shut up, like stop, like like go go Please somewhere don't. else, like like you've got to go. But he's behind. It's like a pantomime. He's behind you. Turn around. Oh, so. But uh, Wallace is beaten unconscious by Howard using the walrus dick bone. I kind of liked that, though. I thought it was very poetic. I like I like the irony of beating him with a walrus dick. I thought that was very funny. It's my weapon of choice. Um, I was like, I was kind of bored during this movie as well. So I was like, I just made a little joke to myself. I was like, twas Howard in the library with with the walrus cock. Oh, there we go. Next morning, Ali and Telly align. Ali and Teddy are lying together in bed. She gets up and sees the missed calls from Wallace. Um, yeah, who charges their phone in the bathroom was my question at that point. Um, she listens to the message and wakes Teddy. I was going to say though, in their defence, maybe they charge it in the bathroom because what they're doing is wrong, and they don't want like. But then again, it does look like it is set up there yeah and i was gonna say like maybe they like you know don't want their phones there because like you know well i did read like you shouldn't check your phone first thing in the morning or something like that so maybe it's that sort of thing and they're just being proactive with their mental health or whatever like that in the meantime uh wallace's phone rings in the mansion uh and how howard's listening to it because he's uh performing surgery on wallace while it's sort of buzzing in the background doing that fucking ringtone you just know what's coming it's Oh, yeah. Uh, Howard continues to reminisce about Mr. Tusk while we pan over posters of the human anatomy. Uh, we see a collection of bloody tools and pieces of skin strewn about the room, um, as well as sketches of various stages of man mixed with walrus, as well as some walrus anatomy posters and stuff like that. Yes, you know what's coming here, but this is the scene that probably scared me the most, and not because of the movie, but... um. Is it the special I, effects? No, it was, it was, I was telling you about this just before the podcast started, but mm. I sort of had, I was like pulling the blanket up and I sort oh. of, yeah. And so like I had it half covering my face and I knew what was happening. And all of a sudden I just feel this object like fall on me. And I, I screamed a little bit. It was just my cat <laughs> wanting to come cuddle. You're jump scared by your cat. I'm jump scared by my cat. And that was probably like 
the most scariest thing that happened. It just, I think it's because I was already on edge because I knew what was happening and I was like, oh, what's this on me now? You're like, I don't want to watch this scene. I did kind of shield her eyes though. I was like, don't look at this. Not don't, don't watch no this. child, avert thine eyes. My sweet innocent baby, don't watch this. We see, we see a foot in an ice bucket. Um, and I put, is this the foot that's already been removed or is this another foot? Is this a different foot or the same foot? And I think it's his other foot. I think so, because it looks like it's the... Because he had his... I forget, does he have... It is left back removed and it's his right foot? Maybe. I wasn't looking at, the, like, the, the curve of the, the insole or anything like that. I was just... I, I can't remember when... Because we do see um, we do see Wallace's body at the end of the scene. I'm trying to remember if that had one leg or two legs. I think it, I think both legs are missing. Yeah, because that's like a thing. Like, he takes off the legs and... Yeah. So I, I would say it'd be the other one. So that's Why he needs it on ice? I mean, maybe the... Skin. Well, because he needs he needs the skin and he needs the bone as well. Ah, uh, yeah. Ooh. Well, his bone is in his mouth. Yeah, yeah. We we learn later. We anyway. when when we see when we see the detective later, he he describes it so we know what that is. Um. Well, while Howard talks about how. Yeah. So we we see the the foot in the ice bucket while Howard talks about how the orphanage he stayed at. Um when he was a child turned into an asylum for tax purposes he says he was used while at the orphanage basically sold um i was kind of right he was a sex slave it's not it's not um it's not howard who sorry it's not wallace who gets turned into a sex slave it used to be howard when he was a kid molested by nuns and businessmen and stuff like that he was basically sold off by the orphanage to be used i mean also to note as well like he did see his parents die in front of him on their trip to canada Oh, does he mention that? I'm completely blanked out. So, like, before he goes... So, he mentions he's an orphan. Yes. And he mentions they take a trip to... I think it's, like, Winnipeg. It might be there. Or Quebec. Quebec. Quebec or Winnipeg. It's one, one of those places. And mm. um, he mentions that that's where he finds out about the, like, how human beings are, like, the worst beasts. And, like, he mentions how, like, he watches his dad get, like, stabbed to death and then his mum's throat slit. And that's... Oh, Kevin yes. And... and and then it just goes downhill from there. So, I mean, I don't... I see why he's so fucked up. Uh, yeah. I mean, I kind of I kind of get it on, like, Howard's part. I mean, not to the point mm. he is at. Yes. But I get why he's lost all faith in, like, humanity. In humanity. I mean, you know, it doesn't take much to lose faith in humanity. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, watching your parents die, I mean, it's like, this This could be Batman, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a real bad Walrus man. Um, he says they escaped when he was 15, and that's when he joined the Navy, which is then when he met, when he met um, Hemingway, etc., etc., etc. And Mr. Tusk. And Mr. Tusk. We see Wallace's current stage of transformation. His arm has sort of been grafted to his chest, and his other leg has been removed. That would just be so uncomfy. So the, yeah, the skin's like skin of his arms, like been sewn together with his chest, and it sort of looks like it does look like it's been grafted. Like it doesn't look like it's just been sewn. It looks like it's been like melted together or something like that. Like some good burnt skin that this guy has. Yeah, some good medical skills. Mm. Yeah, it's it's gross. It's kind of gross. It's, it's terrifying. I hate it. Um, he says, "Man is man is a savage animal. Better to be a walrus." <laughs> yeah. We see Ali and Teddy are heading to Canada. Canada. They're making some calls, trying to locate Wal- uh, Wallace. I almost said Walrus. I mean, I think that is why he's called Wallace. Wallace the Walrus. Wallace the ro- Walrus. And also, like he's got the little the the mustache. 
Oh yeah, he does. Oh, I hadn't picked up on that. It's like Boris like stash. He's got the bushy stash. Uh, back at the mansion, we hear some calm music playing alongside the sounds of the beach. You know, waves crashing, seagulls up ahead. Quite relaxing. Until we hear grunting screams, <laughs> which is not. No, that's not particularly relaxing. Um, we pan over to see a flipper padlocked to a chain, and ha- as Howard marvels at his creation. Oh. My stomach was churning. Howard tries to calm Wallace. Uh, he just screams at him. He's like, walruses never cry. It's like this. You get to finally see like what he's done to poor Wallace. And I say that with how much of a shit this guy is. Like, yeah. Wallace, the it's not only that he's been like grafted and like lost his legs and stuff, but he's wearing other people. Yes. Well, and like you see, like a face. Yep, thank you. Was... That is on my notes. We we got our first look at yep. what Walrus has been turned in. What Walrus? What Wallace has been turned into? He's been fully sewn into a flesh flesh suit in the shape of a walrus, including tusks. The suit is made of various pieces of skin, likely from other victims. Very um, likely. As there's some clear faces. As we pan over the body, like I think there's like one on his back and like one on his flipper as well. You can you can see a nose. You like eyes and ears. It's like a well, eye sockets. I should say it's like a full on like they've just skinned the face. Yeah, and, and then just used it to make a walrus suit. Oh, it's yeah. gross. Oh. It's real fucking gross. It looks grotty as fuck. It really does. Um, Howard says how much he's missed Mister Tusk. Uh, Wallace cries. Uh, Howard says he he regrets leaving the rock to come back to civilization. Um, this is in voiceover as we see Teddy and Ali tracking Wallace's movements through Canada. Tis better to be a walrus, but not this fucking walrus. The the tusks of his are his like like bones. Yeah, but also that would be so uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. They're like grafted to like his. Like, part of his upper lip's been removed, and that's where yeah. the bone's been sort of added, I guess, to make tusks. I just... Uh, yeah. So you said, the you the leg's sticking out, so he might have used part of that bone, but if not, whose bone is in his mouth? I mean, I guess he's, at this point, that's the least of his concerns. Yeah. But I just... No. No. Just no. no. Uh, Ali and Teddy go to the police. Um, they don't really believe them at first. They're, they're just sort of like, oh, well... Is it possible that your friend's just playing a prank on you? Because it's very on brand. Yeah, for for Wallace being the shitbag that he is. Yeah, no, I yeah, believable. I I get why the police would be like that. They also mentioned that there's no Howard Howe in the records, um, but there was a private investigator who came by not that long ago. And there's no serial killers in Canada. Oh, that's right. Yes, he mentions there's no serial killers in Canada. Apart from, like, uh, someone that's, like, high, like, getting cereal at, like, like, a convenience store. Or oh, something. yeah, he makes, like, he makes, like, a... Really dumb joke. He makes a really stupid joke. I did like that joke, though. But he does mention that there was a private investigator who came along asking questions, um, asking questions about legless bodies, uh, because in uh, in Wallace's message that he left them, he does mention that one of his legs has been taken. Yeah, the, the investigator was asking if any um, legless bodies had turned up. Um, so the cop gives Ali and Teddy the details for the investigator. Mm-hmm. Wallace continues to scream and cry. I mean, what else are you going to do? Yeah, didn't even leave him like a Sudoku to do. Like, there's nothing to do. What do you do? It's just what? Words have escaped you. They have, because what do you do? I, I would cry and scream at this point and just... Just 
there's just nothing. Um, beach ball. Howard enters. There is a beach ball. It's, it's just like a lone beach ball, like like floating by. Howard enters. He needs uh, Wallace to learn to swim. He presses a switch, uh, which sort of drags the chain attached to Wallace's back flipper and drags him into the water where he sort of doggy paddles, I guess, for a oh, tiny bit. Flipper, like, attached, like his little stumpy bits. Maybe. Like, on the top, because, like... Sort of flap? Like, flap? Yeah, thank you for knowing my hand motions that I'm doing that people can't see. Um, kind of, but, like, at the same time, what? No, it... it yeah. You can't just... Or is it kind of like a mermaid, you know? Like, it's just, like, the top half and the bottom half is just, like... Yeah, like, I, I don't know, like, is he just having to wiggle his hips to try and get the tail to move? Is that why it's not moving very much? Think about, you know? Like, in the, I'm like, how is he doing this? I, I want to know how this mm. suit works. But he, he eventually yes. sort of has to give up because he's not strong enough or, like, he doesn't have enough control over the suit, I think. Which is fair. Which is fair because he's not actually, like... That's other people's skin. It's not like it's part of his body. Um, and he sinks under the water where he sees the corpses of other walrus people. So Wallace is not the first. I just would have drowned. Like, why? Just just let it be just, just let it happen. Like, oh, but it's so... The amount that he would have made and just... And how many corpses does it take to make a walrus suit? Right? Quite a few, right? At least a few faces and a few different bits of skin. Yeah. And then there's like three or four walrus bodies under the water. Yeah. So it's killed like 40, 50 people. Exactly. Like it's, oh. We, oh, this scene is weird. We we get our first meeting with Detective Guy Lepontier, a French-Canadian detective who's been hunting the serial killer, played by Johnny Depp. I love it. It's, why Why is Johnny Depp in this movie? Why just have, like, a really, like, star-studded cast? Yes. For such a weird fucking movie. Right? And, okay, though, but to be fair, like, this Johnny Depp makes it it's so funny because... He's got, like, he's got, like, a lazy eye that occasionally drifts off and his accent's, like, part French as well. Like, he's got quite a strong French accent. It's not... Why? But it's not quite. She's got the like the the tonal inclination of a Canadian mixed with a strong French accent. And it's it's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it did definitely distract me from the horrors that I we saw. just ensued. Yeah, because you just cut to Johnny Depp's face, and like his right eye is drifting off to the side while he's talking. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny he says that he sacrificed everything in search of this murderer his career his marriages um some would say even his sanity <laughs> i love that line just google this accent that johnny depp put just on. google this scene between just him Haley joel oswald and 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 ali yeah like it's it's hilarious it's just the most randomest thing and i love it it's so odd because they're like so weird. Yeah, we. He says. Um, he says that when when Teddy called, he slept like a baby. Like he says that he had trouble sleeping. But when you called and said that you may have a lead, I slept like a baby because he's close now and I can smell it. Like I could. Uh, we're still close. I could smell his shit. Pardon yeah. my French. <laughs> it's so funny. So good. I this scene I was laughing at. This this was good. Yes. And I think I think they managed to get such a star studded cast because the director is um Silent Bob, you know, from Jane Silent Bob. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's the director. So he's quite well known. So it would make sense that like if he was 
directing a movie. Some people would like tag along. Yeah, yeah. jump on board. We pan out to see them eating at a fast food restaurant. They're not even like in a cafe or like in a restaurant or anything like that. They're just a fast food place. Yeah. Um, he's got like, he's ordered like six burgers and a thick shake. And... Just all the stuff. He's like, yes, that's for me. Yeah. That's for me. Yeah, the waitress is just like, oh, who is the quarter panda? Oh, that's mine. And what about this? And the thick shake? Oh, that's mine as well. I love how they've ordered nothing. And he's just like, swallow guys. He's like stuffing his face. And he does a really weird thing where he like, he squashes the burgers before he eats them. I don't understand this. Like he's having like a full on conversation. He's like pressing down the like, burgers. Like like putting his whole weight on this, but like just that make it taste better? <laughs> no. Like it's weird. I mean, it did look like a good burger, like pre squash, but cross post squash. Post what when it's already flat? No, when it's before. Oh, it's pre pre squash. Thank you. Yeah. Like, that looked good. Like, the other burger that he had on there, that didn't yeah. look good. And he just, like, puts his full weight into it and squashes it down before nomming. Chatting? Yeah, yeah he's just having a chat, you he's know. Uh, we learned that um, Howard has killed 23 people, soon to be 24. At least. <laughs> yeah, at least 23. But um, it'll be 24, with Wallace included. At least 24, anyway. He says um, they always find the bodies with legs amputated at the knees and arms fused to the chest. <laughs> and he describes it as a crucified T-Rex. It's fantastic. Like, the other two faces, they're just, like, in horror. Yeah, and he's just, like, he's having a great time. He's, like, nomming on his burgers. Like, they always find the bodies. They have no legs and the arms are fused to the chest. And it kind of looks like a crucified T-Rex. And he, like, does it. He, like, does the little... He does the little T-Rex arm. Ali's face, she is in distress. Yes. But before he spikes his um spikes his thick shake from a hip flask that he pulls out of his pocket. He does. Um he says that the tongues and teeth are removed. Um, this explains why Wallace can't call for help as well. He's only sort of screaming and making sort of guttural whiny noises. I mean, it would make sense. Uh Lapontier tells the tells of a time he actually met Howard. Though by accident, he says. Two years ago, go Howard um, pretended to be a mentally challenged, um, a mentally challenged man. Um, and if Lapontier had known who it was, then he would have captured him at that point. Okay, I do have to say though, I love how you can barely understand either one of them in the same. <laughs> because we get we get Howard Howe, who's pretend, who's now got a thick lisp. Because yeah. he's pretending to be a mentally mentally challenged person. And then you got Johnny Depp rocking up with his thick French accent with a Canadian flair. And the two of them are having a conversation. You just said they're like, I I don't I'm only getting a word here and there. I don't get quite what's happening, but it's really odd. Oh, the first thing first thing Howard says when Le Pontier uh, rocks on up is, Are you here to deal with the spider? The the, we, the brown recluse. We get we get the we get a call back, or oh, sorry, we, we get the running theme of his story of the Bram Recluse. Uh, Le Pontier says that he's looking for a famous hockey player who's gone missing. Um, same, we, apparently it's the same MO that he used to get Wallace as well. The hockey player had seen an advertisement for like a free room. All you need to do is do the housework or something like that. Okay, I'm just saying, if you were a famous hockey player, why are you like, mm, I, yeah, there's this free room? Yeah. Like, wouldn't he have a cottage? hotel or a motel or... Yeah, like, why is he like, yeah, this red um, shack? Because it's not like a mansion-y thing anymore. It's, it's, a just... cabin, it's a cabin in the woods. It's a cabin in the woods. Like... You're asking to be murdered. Yeah. Is <laughs> why? Why? And also, how well would this letter have been written if he's being portrayed 
as has this right. mention, or is he protect? Is he Howard Howe to his victims, and then because he's not Howard. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, and then Howard yeah, Howe he, he pretends to be Howard Howe. This um, yeah, um, this Navy man with an extraordinary life who's wheelchair bound, and he's that to his victims, and then to when the police come round, he pretends to be a mentally handicapped man with a lisp. That would make sense. So he's got these different personas depending on who he's dealing yeah, with. Get that, but he does the persona so well. He does it so well. It's really, it's interesting to watch. But yeah, it's so hard to understand what either of them are saying in this scene. Um, Sorry. S- somehow, somehow Lapontier has been led to this cabin. Howard convinces him that he's too simple to know anything about the disappearances. Um, he also gives a different name. He calls himself Bartholomew at this point. I didn't even catch that when he said it. Bartholomew. It's, it's yeah, the accents are so hard to understand at this point. But that's also what makes the scene so great. Yeah. Lapontier regrets the chance, um, missing the chance to capture Howard. Um, they did find the hockey player about a month later uh, in the same state as the other bodies. So legs missing, teeth gone, all that stuff. T-Rex arms. I can't get over that description. Like a crucified T-Rex. It's just so... It's exactly what it's like. (sighs) Lapontier thinks Howard um, uses the leg bones and puts them in their mouths somehow. And this is where we get the idea that the tusks are actually made from the victim's leg bones. Because, yeah, it's only him that seems to believe that because the police were believing it was like um, metal hooks. Yeah, they thought it was, yeah, they thought it they'd, they'd like, hooked them up or something Whilst like that. Whilst he was, like, doing the operations, but it's because, like, that leg bone piece was found in the hockey player's mouth. Yeah, uh, like, right up the top or something like yeah, that. Yeah, So the, d- the t- detective deduced that, you know, that's where the, they were making some sort of tusk. Um, Howard sits with Wallace um, on the little island on his little, that's right, we haven't even described his pen. Um, Wallace has a pen that he lives in. It's sort of like a rock with a beach ball and like, uh, what's it called? Those rings? What are they? They're like, you have them at sea, you know, for someone who's drowning, you throw them. A boy. A boy. Yeah, the boy ring thing. A boy. Um, and it's completely surrounded by water and how it can sort of like lower a bridge down to come across. But um, yeah, so they're, they're sat together on this little islandy thing. Um, Wallace just, uh, sorry, Howard doesn't understand why Wallace is so upset and he just says, you know, people are shit. Aren't you happier now? Uh, he lays down on Wallace for comfort and starts singing. It was disturbing. I mean, any time Wallace is on the screen, it's disturbing. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. You always seem to pan over the panel that's a face. Yes. Every single time. And I just... You can't get over the face. But also, just a thing is, like, with the with the suit that comes over his head, like, he's still kind of got, like, some neck motion, so he can kind of, like, pop in and out. He can pop in and out of the suit like a turtle. Yeah. It's fascinating. And it's terrifying, but it's, it's, it's so something else. Uh, Howard leaves but throws Wallace a mackerel for food. He leaves and sort of closes the door, but watches through a porthole to make sure that Wallace is eating. And Wallace does. He sort of... How, though? Like, that's the thing. over, I guess you'd describe it. You know? Like, with the tusk, how is that not banging? And... I don't know. He somehow managed... And he doesn't have teeth, right? He's got a few teeth. Oh, he's got a few he, teeth. He takes out, like, some teeth. But oh, but like... all of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, so Wallace is having to eat the fish because he's got no other food. 
We see Le Pontier, um, Ali and Teddy get in the car together. Um, they're going to try and find out where where in the two-hour radius from Winnipeg Wallace had gone. Um, Ali says he likes um, big store drinks. He likes big gulps and stuff like that. So they're going to go around in a two-hour radius and check the convenience stores. I said, okay, I'm pretty sure in a two-hour radius of Winnipeg, there's going to be hundreds of stores that sell, like, big gulps. Yeah, just, like, every store. Just almost every store. I love LaPontier's, like, excitement about being in the car with them, though. He's just like, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to drive around together. It's just like having a great time. Yeah, it's so... It's so funny. They eventually arrive at the right convenience store. Uh, They ask the two girls who were working behind the counter from earlier, and they they point the group in the right sort of direction. We get a flashback to when Wallace had asked them where Hard Rock or whatever it was, where that is. Sorry, how far away it was. Oh, Bifrost. It was Bifrost. Bifrost. There we go. He asked them how far away it was. They said it was about a, a boot, two hours. I love that. He wrote down the address on a pad of paper using a customer's back as well. Yeah, like he's like, oh, I'm just going like, to uh, use you as a... It's like, okay. All the while insulting the two girls behind the counter as well. Just a douchebag. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you, you got a pen? Thanks. And then he just literally turns to the woman who's like browsing something at the counter. And he's just like, I'm just going to use your back. Just, just, just don't move. And I'm just like, ah, mm-hmm. So I will have to say I love how the um the two checkout girls they mock him with the with, with the, the yes that's right like two combs because because like, he he mocks them saying a boot because because they say oh, it's about it's a boot two hours away and he says oh really it's a boot two hours and then he turns around and they're holding combs over their lips to look like his mustache his little walrus <laughs> his little walrus mustache um, Lapontier asks if they had the pad. Uh, the paper pad that Wallace used, and he uses a pencil to um, to get the address from the indent. And everyone's amazed at this. Everyone's amazed at this, and I love. Was it Teddy who's just like, "Wow, it's just like they're doing CSI." And then Lapontier's just like, "You know, that's funny because that's where I learned how to do it." <laughs> oh, sorry, I turned German for a second. <laughs> I I don't know. Like, I just love how amazed they are at this. Like, it's like this brand new thing. And Judy Tab's reaction is where he's like, "That's funny. That's where I learned how to do it." This is where I'm from. Um, Howard starts to teach uh, Wallace how to swim. Um, I put my little brackets here. Is he naked? Yes. Yeah, he's just bobbing in the water, like holding holding his flippers, like bobbing around the water with him. You do you, boo? Like yeah, he's trying to relive his his time with Mister Tusk. Uh, we learn that Howard um, and Mister Tusk, uh, sorry, Howard killed Mister Tusk before being rescued from the rock. Like, just killed him and was, like, eating him. And he yeah. was rescued, like, what, two hours later? Or something? something like that. Like, 20 minutes later or something? And he always regrets the fact that he had to kill Mr. Tusk. Howard says he intends to fight Wallace, a.k.a. Mr. Tusk, because uh, he feels guilty and he says that it wasn't a fair fight when he when he originally killed Mr. Tusk because Mr. Tusk never saw it coming. Um, he then dunks Wallace's head underwater um, to show how cruel man can be, basically. He's... I just want to know how close he is to his crotch. Like... Oh, is it just a dick bobbing? <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, like, oh, oh my... Wallace. Like, and, oh, he's, yeah. Oh. Uh, Howard leaves Wallace back on the rock. Um, yes, he was naked. This is where my question gets answered, because he's butt naked walking back across the bridge. Yeah, yeah. Um, and tells him if he wants to live, he needs to become the walrus. And it just reminded me of the quote was it's like 
Sting Like a Bee. Oh, Float Like a Butterfly, Sting Like a Bee. Yeah, that's what that reminded me of. That's what with his Float Like a... I don't know. Float Like a Walrus, Sting Like, like sting, a Walrus. <laughs> sting Like a Tusk. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah be the Walrus. Be the Walrus. Um, the group has found Wallace's car. Uh, it's three quarters submerged in like a pond or a river or something like that. How is it staying afloat, though? That's what I want to know. Like, I reckon it's just not a deep pond. It's fair. It's probably hit the bottom of the bed. How do you reckon Wallace has been gone at this point? Oh, that's a good question. I can't be that long. Like, I feel like it's probably like... A couple of days. Like a, like a week? Maybe. Maybe a week, if that. It's not enough that he's classified as missing, mm. but... But then again, like his jobs as podcast, like and his friends weren't expecting him to be more go- gone more than like a day. The police just reckon it's a prank, so mm. like, it. I don't know, like the timeline. I'm just like, how long is he in this Loris suit for? Like, cause we don't know how much time's passed. Yeah, you're like, just kill me. Just, I don't want to spend a week in this Loris suit. Please, just kill me. Spend a second in this Loris no, suit. No, I don't even absolutely want to look not. At it. I don't want to wake up from surgery. You better kill me on that table. So. <laughs> Sorry, just imagine you just going in for any kind of surgery. You're like, I want this. No. Going in for like a routine minor thing, like they're removing a mole or something like that. And you're like, like no, kill me. I get this great. Yeah. Uh, Le Pontier gives them, uh, that's right. Uh, Le Pontier gives them all guns. Um, he is very confused why they don't want them. It's very funny. That's why Teddy doesn't want it. Yeah, no, and neither of them take the gun at first. He pulls out, like, the, what is it, like a black case and flips it open and there's, like, a shotgun and two handguns in there or something like that. And he picks up the two handguns to hand them to Teddy and Ali and they don't move. And he's just like, what kind of Americans are you? That's the best line. It's so good. They don't take the guns. Uh, yeah, what kind of Americans are you? This actually made me laugh. It's his tone of voice as well. Like, genuine disbelief that they don't want these guns. Yeah. Uh, Ali yells at Teddy to take a gun. And they arm themselves as they head out. Just leave them behind. They're like, we're going. Yeah, we're off. Um, we see Wallace. Um, and uh, they're about to start the fight. The the equal fair fight this time instead of the unfair fight that they had before. Howard is now wearing a full walrus suit as well. Although he's not like removed parts of his body or anything to do it. He's literally just lying in a walrus suit. So... There is no point to removing people's legs and shit. Well, he just doesn't want them to get away. Like, walruses don't have legs. I, I guess so, but he doesn't need to do it. I mean, he doesn't need to do any of it. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, oh, I see your point. So I'm, we're getting to this point already. Like, I mean, he doesn't really need to T-Rex their arms. Yeah. I mean? Like, I don't know. It just... I mean, he could just uh, adopt a walrus at a d- rescue and... Visit on the weekends or, I don't know. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, when you say he doesn't have to do that, no, he, he doesn't have to remove their legs to fit into that walrus skin suit. Yeah. He doesn't have to do any of it, but he does. It's his own ones. It's his little Facebook and out of his skin suit. It's so cool. Oh, it's... It's... I can't even watch the screen at this point. It's gross. Um, we learn it's a fight to the death. Like, one of them is dying here. So he just killed all the other ones? I guess so. Oh, well, he does say the others didn't make it that far. Oh, yeah, so they probably, like, drowned or killed, killed themselves somehow or something like that. As you would. So the fight begins, and the two of them just sort of bump into each other at first. I love how there's the, the um, screen 
playing in the background of the walruses actually fighting. Yes. Yeah, there's a little projector playing walrus fights in the background. And it's just like... <clears throat> it's <clears throat> like when you put on those, like, the sumo suits and you just yes. like, run at each other. Yeah, it's just like It's that. like that. It's exactly like that. Uh, it's not like that. Ali and the others start to run as they hear screaming because obviously um, Howard and Howard and Wallace are screaming at each other while they're fighting. Um, the walrus fight continues as Ali and Ted make their way to the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, Howard um, calls. Oh, mm. Mm-hmm. oh, okay. Yeah, my autocorrect on my iPad changed changed a word, and now my sentence didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Howard killed the original Mister Tusk with a rock, but now wishes to die by walrus hand. Or flipper. Sorry, I did the motion. Little flipper. Oh, my flipper. Yeah, he basically like says... Like T-Rex crucified arms. <laughs> yeah, he basically says, like, if I'm going to die, I want it to be death by walrus. I mean, what a way to go. He warns Wallace that um, he must become the walrus now and forever, or he will not win this fight. Um, Ali and Teddy call out for him. He sort of hears, but he's in the middle of a fight, so can't do anything. What can he do? Exactly. Uh, Howard emerges from his walrus suit, butt naked again. Um, and he's about to bludgeon walrus. Uh, about to bludgeon Wallace. Wallace the walrus. Wallace the walrus. Um, but is stopped when Wallace um, thrusts one of his tusks through Howard's foot. Oh. Yeah. So he's basically trying to... Howard was trying to reenact the original death of Mr. Tusk. And then... But Wallace wasn't having any of it. No, Wallace Wallace thrusts his tusk through his leg, through his um, foot. It's like right in between his toes or something like that. It's like, ah. It's... Um, Wallace then stabs the downed Howard with his tusk. Um, basically, he's leaving him to bleed to death. I mean, I think that's the only time I really liked Wallace. Was when he finally got the upper hand. Yeah, I mean, good on him. This guy is just absolutely nuts. Yeah. Um, just batshit in... Wallace stabs the downed Howard with his tusks. Yeah, Ali and Ted find the secret entrance that leads down into where they are because they're sort of in like a sub-basement that's been converted into like a walrus pen. Let's do that sneakily though. I don't how, know. How do you like, do you just tell people, oh yeah, I want to end your pool? With a rock in the middle. With a rock in the middle. It's decoration. It's hot. Yeah, with a, with a bridge going with across a bridge. it. bridge. It's all right. It's yeah, It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Nothing nothing odd here. He does it himself. Unless he's a man of many talents. And if he is, that's impressive. Yeah. Oh, my God. If he did it himself. Oof. Yeah. A surgeon and a builder? My God. What can't he do? Howard says that Wallace is his Mr. Tusk before eventually being stabbed and dying. Oh, yeah. Teddy, Teddy and Ali arrive just in time to see what has become of Wallace. He's acting wild because like he wars. he's become the walrus. Le Poncier and this is supposed to be, I don't know, like an emotional moment, I guess. Yeah, because Ali's like screaming. She's screaming and tearing up and everything like you that. You see like Teddy's face. Just it's just horror. Yeah. Uh, Le Poncier enters um, with his shotgun or rifle or whatever it is to put Wallace out of his misery. Um, he raises his gun and then we just cut. Just face to black. Um, just face to black. And we cut to one year later. Ali and Teddy go to the local animal sanctuary. They look down at one of the pens and call out to Wallace. Wallace, what was your, what was your reaction to this? So, uh, for one, place looks abandoned. Yes. Two, 
how did they get him there? Like, how would they, yeah, I've got this walrus. Ma'am, that's not a walrus, that's a man. Um, mm. No, just trust me, it's it's a walrus. Like, why didn't they kill him? How does he pee and poop? Um, how, like, what does he do? Or does he, because this pen looks smaller. I I have questions, Jacob. I have questions. <laughs> the logistics of this. And, and also, why did he not get taken to a hospital and removed from the walrus suit? Why were they just like, yeah, he's a walrus, guys. He's a, yeah. he's, he's a walrus. Like, there's no like attempt. Yeah. There's no attempt at like rehabilitation to make him like think he's human again or get him out of the walrus suit. Like, oh, or he's a walrus, guys. He's a walrus. Surely the surgery would be reversible in some way. Some way. And at he, least get him out of the fucking skin suit that that in a year's time would have rotted. That's why we're like, guys. He's he's a walrus. He's a walrus now. Would that rescue take him, or is it just abandoned? And they've just they like... They just sort of plonked him here? But, like, I just... I have too many questions. They they call down to Wallace. He sort of ignores them, deciding to stay in his hut instead until Ali throws a mackerel down, at which point he emerges and um, eats his fish, looking mournfully at her. Sure he could eat other food that isn't the fish. Are they just accepting that he's a walrus now? Yes, I guess. I guess he's become the walrus. But the fact that nobody's tried to, like, rehabilitate him to make him human again. Like, we get a flat, we get our last flashback to Ali saying that she can't remember the last time Wallace cried. He says he doesn't cry anymore. She says it's good to cry because it separates us from the animals. Ali and Teddy leave. Wallace looks into the camera as a single tear rolls down his cheek. He's crying. He's not fully walrus. Before he plods back into his little hut. And we pan out on Wallace's pen as the credits roll. So, Kat, give me your overalls for this movie. What did you think of it as far as the script, the acting, the concept, the the agony you put me through watching this the second time? I can't get that time back. Um, and also, I did not watch this movie alone. I got my flatmates to watch it with me. Oh, because if I was going to go through this, so were they. Um, You're sharing the suffering. Yeah, and it finished. And we all sat in silence. Oh, my God, really? We just dead silence? sat in silence. And we all just looked at each other. And then my flatmate goes, I have to cleanse my eyes. What a reaction. I have I'm to cleanse sorry. my eyes. Sorry. It was it like i feel like without the warus part it could have been a real like shitty slasher film yeah like man learns that he's a dick um i don't know but like the the, the acting is good all of the actors are very very good the actors so if you haven't seen it Skip over the walrus part. Just don't worry about that. Look up some screenshots. It's absolutely terrifying. Um, Watch the scene with Howard telling his stories about the Navy. Watch the scene with Le Poncier, Johnny Depp, um, when he first gets introduced in that little restaurant scene. Watch those scenes. I did laugh. and I chuckled a couple of times, not going to lie. It was like it was so bad it was good because the actors were so good. Mm. Who sat there? And I mean, I guess maybe it was based on a real story sort of thing. They're like, oh... But who was like, hmm, what if there was a serial killer that made walruses? Yeah, it's just, it feels like it's supposed to be a satire of, like, the human centipede and stuff like that. It was based on that. For me, it reminded me of that, like, um, 
Hannibal episode. I don't know if you've seen that where like he like stitches those people together to make sort of like the eye from yes. the roof. Like it reminded me of like a Hannibal esque yeah. type thing. Thing. But like to be a satire, you have to like subvert the expectation of the of the genre, right? And this is yeah. just it's just a walrus human centipede. It's that they're not really subverting anything. It's just so, yes. your personal rating for this movie, one being awful, ten being amazing, where would you scale this for yourself as a personal enjoyment? It's a hard one. I probably would just put it somewhere like at a five mm. because I enjoyed the non-warrior scenes. Like, the rest of the humour, like, I had a good giggle and it was so bad that I enjoyed it. But the disturbing part with the warrior's I just, I, I... Out can't get that part of my life back. I, I can't. And so it probably would be somewhere around there. And it's only rates as high as a five because of the the actors and the rest of the movie. Yeah, the cast makes this movie. This is like a 4.5, maybe a five out of 10. Like it, it would be a five if I was watching it with someone else. Yeah. But watching it on my own, it, it it hurts a bit. If it didn't have the cast, it would be like a one. Yeah, without without Johnny Depp and Justin Long and, and all that, like Hayley Joel Oswald, etc., etc., this would not even be worth Minus. considering doing like, for an episode. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, Jesus Christ. All right. In this movie, we like in this movie in this podcast, we like to give credit where credit's due. So, there's a particular actor or character or actress that you'd like to give credit to? Someone who propped this movie up for you? Johnny Depp. I as Le Pontier. Oh, it was so good, and I really liked those scenes. Though I do also have to give credit to Justin Long. Mm. Like, was he actually in a war suit though? Yeah, he would have been. Oh. It'll it'll just be made of like foam or whatever like that. But he would have had to like see behind the scenes. Um, but my main one, I probably would say, is is Johnny Depp. Like, I think without him, it wouldn't have worked as well as it did. Mm. Though I do really like the scene where it's him meeting up with... What was the actor that played Howard? Oh, I can't remember the actor's name. Uh, I do have it written down, like but I can't remember. Like, those two together? Yeah. With that one scene where you just cannot understand it was... It was fantastic. It was so good. Yeah, I wanted to give credit to Justin Long for this, just for agreeing to do this movie. So we got this movie... You're going to be sewn into a walrus suit. And he just went, yep, sure, why not? It's good. Yeah. Like, and like it's a typical Tuesday night. The the entire cast deserves props because they were just phenomenal. Um, So, you know, thumbs up all round for the cast, but it's still not an enjoyable movie. I'm sorry. I just don't enjoy watching this. So I don't even seen screenshots before and that was enough. Just look up a screenshot if you haven't mm. of Tusk. Just type in Tusk movie. And just look at that. And just, just just look at what they did to Justin Long. Look at that. It's, mm. it's, <laughs> it's something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that concludes Tusk 2014. Thank you so much for joining me, Kat, and I hope you'll uh, join us again for another episode at some point. And uh, we'll see you all again next week. Bye-bye yes, now. Thanks again to our guests, and thank you for listening. Don't forget to leave a rating and review. It really does help people find the podcast. And remember, you can get in on the discussion by sending us an email, cherrypophorror at gmail.com. Okay, I'll let you go. Good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the monsters bite. <laughs>